0: Hello and welcome to the HP podcast. I'm Ben and with me here today is Brandon, the most excited person in the world about The Last of Us Part 1 remake extraordinaire. Duncan, Brandon, what, how's it going? What's up, dude? Um, thank you for christening me in that way to this show no today. No problem. Yeah. Um, we were recently talking about The Last of Us Remake 1 yeah. and how we felt about it, but I'm glad to be here. Glad to be talking about some games. Um, Welcome. Welcome. I'm welcoming myself as well. Welcome. Well, welcome <laughs> welcome to myself as well, then. Welcome. Uh, yeah. Thank you for that. For a second there, you were talking in kind of like a low, like, was that you're like a sexy voice you were talking in there? Um, I wouldn't know what that would be like, even if I would try. So <laughs> I would say if it was intentional, maybe I'd have a better answer for you. But um, probably just a little allergy. Yeah. So to speak. Also with us tonight is Dave Landon. Uh Dave, the, the audience can't see, but I want to know if those are your fuzzy slippers behind you.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know, big guy? <laughs> I'm not I, I hate wearing footwear indoors. Uh yeah. like sorry, I know we had a conversation about this, like Here wearing we shoes indoors. <laughs> sure. That's a different yeah. thing, but in terms of like like slippers and stuff. I'm really against that, I think because I have sweaty feet or something, but sure. my father-in-law has, and in fact, my mother-in-law, like that whole family, they they have a specific pair of like slippers that they wear into the bathroom. What? And then they come out of the bathroom and they take them off. And there's been a couple times where he's been here and he forgot to bring his bathroom slippers. And then suddenly I see my sandals, my flip-flops are outside the bathroom door when they weren't there before. So... Is, he just, is that okay f- with you? Yeah, it's fine. It's just, okay. it's just, a th- it's not like, yeah, it's, it's like it's in the shower or are no, you no, just no, putting... just like to go to the bathroom? I, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's just, it's just... protectors. <laughs> okay. okay. Um,
0: like when, when you're splashing in there, you know, apparently. Yeah.
1: I, I don't know what, it, I, I don't think that's what it is, but it's just, it's a thing. It's a thing.
0: You got to and... have a certain amount of like aerodynamic and like agile speed at any moment in the bathroom so he's got to know that he's going to be set in a certain amount of shoes um you know you never know when trouble might break out and that's when you're most vulnerable (laughs) uh, as when you're on the shitter that's true i i've never heard of this and it even sounds like you think it's weird dave i'd like to know from the audience do any of you have either you yourself or people you know do you wear slippers only into the bathroom do you have like bathroom slippers not shower shoes bathroom no, slippers
1: i also want to know if people wear slippers just around their house or if that's just like i do do you yeah brandon brandon and
0: lauren do i do yeah um but you guys even sometimes take them to other people's houses and leave them there more specifically during the winter yeah i think is when you know you have the shoes off in the house typically your feet still get cold um but yeah we have a couple of pairs like we have a, a pair at my parents house the in-laws house i think lauren has a pair of slippers at dustin's house
1: yeah so um so hang on when you go to these places you take off your outdoor shoes and you're put on your your slippers immediately and that's just what you wear throughout the house whether it's winter or summer usually more in the winter
0: okay but um specifically also because in western va you know the snow you're tracking it in i can't exactly wear my shoes around the house but in the summer it's less of a problem so I, why are we so obsessed with footwear? Because
1: it's, what the fuck? It's this, relatable this, this, to on, everyone. This, this is a different conversation. Let's yeah. let's be fair
0: here. Okay, so for me, slippers. Like normally, if I'm in my house, I'm probably I'd say uh, of the times I'm not wearing slippers, which I'll get to. Ninety-five percent of the time, I'm barefoot inside my house and hungry. Uh, and hungry. <laughs> yes. And five percent of the time, I have socks on as well. And usually, that's like. Just got home or just about to leave. Yeah. So I'm like ready to put my shoes on. Sure. But I keep a pair of slippers under my desk because my desk is on the third floor. It's technically an attic, although it's finished and, you know, it's a whole thing. But up there in the winter, the heat doesn't quite, you know, get my feet warm. And in the summer, I have a window air unit up there because the air conditioning is really poor up there. And occasionally... I'll need the air conditioner on, but my feet are cold. So I have a pair of slippers under my desk that I just like put on sometimes, but I never wear them around the house. Hmm. Um, so I'm kind of with you, Dave. I don't, I don't dislike slippers, but I don't wear them around the house because um, I'm hot, I guess. Yeah. I think it also massively depends on the type of floors you have. Mm-hmm. Um, my whole apartment is hardwood. Hmm. And so specifically, and I don't want to go back and keep saying in the winter, in the winter, but a lot of the time in the winter, it's just like the floors are cold. So instead of stepping my bare pigleys on the floor uh, and getting a heck in fright, I just put on the protective uh, layer there. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. That's fair. Guys, do you ever wonder how the three of us have significant others that love us? I wonder that every day. Like the stuff we Maybe, t- the stuff about we about all three about. of us. I think about it every day <laughs> combined. Um <laughs> It's a it's a wild wild thought really if you think yeah, about it. It's but, amazing that any women find themselves attracted to any men. Yeah, good looking or bad looking. I'm funny or not. A health teacher in college told me that. She was like it is actually amazing that men and women ever get along ever. I don't, um, even, I don't know about get along. I just might find them attractive. Coexist. It's coexist. coexist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a better way to put it, I think. Well, this is the HP podcast. We mostly talk about footwear, but sometimes we talk about video games, too. <laughs> if you want to talk about video games with us when we're not recording, you can hop over into our Discord over at handsomephantom.com slash Discord, and uh, you'll join the Discord. You can join it right there. It's easy. If you want to help support the show and you have not done so already, you can sign up for as little as a dollar a month to get ad-free early access. You also get early access a month or sometimes longer than a month. Access to HP After Dark, our monthly or semi-monthly off-topic show where we literally just talk about whatever. Usually our buddy Dustin will join us for that. And uh, sometimes Phil comes back from the dead for it, although it's a gamble. Never know. Anyway, dollar a month over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. We appreciate your support. Helps keep the keep the light on uh, on the website. I guess just the uh, one light, just, just the one, one light. light. Yeah, we only have we can only afford
1: the one. Still, it's really loud fluorescent bulb. It's got yeah. dead flies in it and stuff.
0: Yeah, you got to take about a twelve foot ladder to get up there. But yeah, yeah, that's yeah. kind of a yeah. Anyway, let's talk about video games, boys. This week is weirdly interesting and boring at the same time. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, yeah. it it's interesting. Because there's been like a couple things that have been like, oh, and then almost nothing else. Right. Well, let's start out with the one that's like really drawn in some eyeballs. And that's the fact that PlayStation has raised the price of the PS5 in certain regions. And that's almost everywhere except for North America. And uh, I don't have a an article about it. I can't
1: actually locate one uh I, I believe sorry i believe actually two of the three countries in north america have had their price raise. there's just the one that um you know you guys seem to think the world revolves around hasn't had the price hike the usa wait
0: this is news to me i didn't yeah. know that so canada and mexico have had yeah. the price rates yeah i was gonna say canada oh, shit. i think it, who is excluded so the u.s and is that it are we the only people that didn't get the price increase god's chosen ones
1: uh, I believe you. <laughs> a lot of people in this country <laughs> feel that way. I don't know that I do, but
0: yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, God plays favorites. You know, I
1: think it's like India and Australia. All the colonies except the UK are in there. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> That's interesting because I did not realize I thought Mexico did, but I didn't realize that Canada did. Yeah. Um, interesting. OK, so anyway, here's a here's an article from Wired. Um, They said, on Thursday, Sony announced that it plans, this is last Thursday, to raise the price of PS5 consoles in several countries. The increase doesn't affect the US, but markets in Europe, Japan, China, Australia, Mexico, and Canada will see a price equivalent to roughly 50 euros per console. In a statement explaining the hike, Sony blames the move on high inflation and adverse currency trends. Issues with the global supply chain have made PS5s notoriously difficult to come by since the console launched in November 2020, which it's, you know, parenthetically here uh i've been seeing that change a lot yeah like when the ps directs go up you can hop on there like three and four hours after they launch them and there's still consoles available right so matter of fact i just got one which i ordered one for phil's buddy a couple weeks ago but I they're wonder, not in stores yet yeah but that's regional though too huh no it's not Mm-mm. well like, like if europe you, would have a different website as australia would have a different website i, as, I think that might be true yeah yeah at least like console regions you know eu versus an a right huh yeah so, so anyway so I, all i was saying was i wonder if that same progress in more ps5s being available is happening everywhere is what i would say that's a good point yeah i don't know about that i know that i haven't seen nearly as many people complaining that they couldn't get one and my librarian who's a really good dude uh and hasn't played video games in a long time. I was talking to him the other day. I say my librarian. He's a guy I know who happens to be a librarian at my library. <laughs> you,
1: said, you said it was like he was your mechanic or your barber. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I got a guy. I got a guy over, yeah. over at the book deposit. Hey, there. Hey, <laughs> he's got this whole room full of books. Someone's got to tend to it. So
0: a guy I know who happens to be a librarian, uh, He he's mostly in like the board game space. And he hasn't really played a lot of video games. But I saw him the other day and he was like, yeah, I just got a PS5. I was like, for you. oh, cool. He was like, Yeah, uh, it's pretty easy. I was like, Do you, you, do you, do you,
1: uh, do you tip your librarian, Ben?
0: I have never gotten any, well, maybe one time, services rendered for my librarian. God. So, no, I've never tipped them Good at all. all. Good God all. damn. Just in my friendship, I guess. <laughs> uh, for what it's worth. For what it's worth, my friendship. <laughs> yeah, I actually think that was him paying me. <laughs> yeah, sure. right. Yeah. But no, this is very interesting. Um, I really would wonder if the rest of the world is seeing the the availability of PS5s go up like we are. We certainly have some anecdotal evidence ourselves, but sure. um, everyone was losing their goddamn minds over this. Um, I'm a little perplexed by these two things standing beside each other, that one, PS5s are becoming more available, and two, everywhere else, seemingly, but us, they're going up. Right. So... Does that make sense? I don't know. I'm just confused by the whole thing. And I think it's really interesting that obviously either Nintendo is making so much money and Microsoft is making so much money that they're going to shoulder it. Or I don't know. Do we think this was a money play or is there like legitimate? Is this corporate greed or is this like legitimate inflation, you think? Because nobody else is moving. Yeah. Dave, what do you think first? Sorry. Sorry. That's a good point, Brandon, both, uh, Microsoft and Nintendo have said they won't be, they're not anticipating price increases.
1: Yeah. It's, it's not a bad, it's not, sorry. It's not a good look. And, uh, as you sort of mentioned, Brandon, people aren't happy about this. Um, you know, I think the price is remaining where it is in, um, you know, most of the major markets around the world. But I don't I don't know if there's precedence for this. I don't ever recall a console being raised in price, um, you know, Except two years after launch.
0: The only thing anywhere similar was, wasn't that Oculus headset just, that's the only thing anywhere, yeah, yeah. anywhere close. Uh, well, there have been, I think the PS3 it was. I, I could be wrong about this. Edwin will let us know. Someone will let us know. I, I remember someone telling or saying that I oversaw or overheard, that uh, there was a price increase in Canada and potentially other countries on the console throughout a the, years ago? Th- throughout the life. During the life cycle. Okay, yeah. Okay. But I don't know the specifics of that. It's yeah. definitely if you want to say it's practically unprecedented, that would be true because it's I think it's maybe happened once or twice.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Sorry, dude, it's good. It's it's also sort of telling like it's it's been well documented that um generally hardware makers lose money throughout the first several years of a new console cycle on, you know, the MSRP, but you know, they're making that up in software sales. So yes, I get their supply chain issues around the world and everything's more expensive, but you know, the reaction that came out as quick as it did for Microsoft and Nintendo to just say, well, we're not doing this. Does, does this signal something is is not great with sony did they did, could they not afford the bungee deal and then they had to make the money back somewhere else but i mean this is the time of the year where we start to see things not necessarily go down in price but you know in 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 a couple short months we're going to start seeing you know black friday deals and bundles and all that kind of holiday stuff so to see this kind of stuff it, it doesn't signal things um that are that are positive um again it's, it's not in the biggest markets throughout the world so it's not a huge deal and Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit worrying from my point of view. I have a PlayStation, all the people I know who really want one have been able to get one at this point. So, you know, the, the price hike doesn't affect us, but you know, building on this, what does this mean for a potential PlayStation five plus in a year or two down the road? Does this, you know, if these parts don't get cheaper and Sony isn't making, um, still isn't making money off hardware, does this mean, you know, maybe that doesn't happen or maybe it's not as, you know of uh, enhances the system it just there, there's a ripple effect here there really is and uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out but it's it's a bit worrying for somebody who just spent as much money as they did on on you know acquisition stuff just to keep in that race so well yeah
0: also it it hasn't and i get there were extenuating circumstances when the playstation 5 came out the world changed sure i get that um but it's not been that far from release either and i don't know if it's more weird to get a price increase closer to release or further away it's weird either way you cut it um but i agree with dave wholeheartedly i know this is kind of like old hat at this point it was like the end of last week but um i think that (laughs) microsoft and nintendo coming out right away like at the top of the show saying hey you know we're not doing this is a little bit strange, especially when you're buying up companies. I'm just echoing what Dave said, but, um, and I don't know. I just feel like if if why didn't the U.S. get the hike? That's that's also what I'm confused about. And I don't want to spend too much time stammering on about this, but it's just confusing to me. I feel like everyone should have got it if it's that big of an issue. So, well, let me start out by saying with my thoughts. I think it's pretty shitty. Yeah, that's that's my first thing. Absolutely. So I don't want anybody to think I'm like defending Sony here. Sony Pony, But I will give a few reasons. I think it's a legitimate price increase, even if not a good one. Um, one is that the U.S. is probably where the main financials come from. And I don't mean that's like where they make the most of their money, although I think that is one of their pretty close, a, a big market. Yeah, I would yeah. Say pretty close. But um, I think that their, their money works in U.S. dollars pretty much. Uh, they're obviously a Japanese-owned com- company, but I think their money kind of works in in USD, and that may be a reason why it didn't get an increase. Because right now, the U.S. dollar is stronger and stronger than it's been. Um, it's still not great, and inflation's through the roof. But the dollar is, especially like c- compared to the Canadian dollar, like uh, Dave, I think, I think it's like what ten percent. It's worth 10% more than it was a year ago, maybe.
1: Yeah, sounds about right.
0: So, when you think about that, five to 550 for a a disc console, that's about 10%, right? Yeah, it actually is 10%. True. So, like, there is part of me that says, like, inflation or not inflation, but increases or decreases between currencies probably have to play some part in it. And we know that when the PlayStation 5 came out, they said th- there were some like analysts that said basically like numbers pretty much add up to be just slightly under $500 right for the console. Right. So if that, if that, if they could release it based on that and let's say it was enough that they were making money, even though it wasn't a lot, but then the money became 10% less valuable. Then that means on every PlayStation they sell, they're losing 10%. Right. Now we know again that that's happened before with consoles, but is that a good business practice or a sustainable one? I don't know, especially with as high in demand as they are. So well, dude, what Dave said too, I mean, what does this mean? Okay, so now are we looking the the base console, right? Let's say 550. Yeah, does that mean that the next one's gonna come out at 600? I doubt it. There's no way a better version of the console would come out for50 dollars more. So we're looking reasonably in a 650 price range. And at that price range, with the way that graphics cards and everything... Now, I know there's a lot more involved. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that... And those like, have leveled out some, too. Well, right. Yeah. It, it, graphics cards are... It is a good time to buy them yeah. right now because they're down slightly. Um, thanks, thanks, Crypto Crash. Yeah, seriously. Um, but... It really just makes you wonder how much more these are going to be creeping up. I wonder if this is like a slow increase in the amount we're going to be seeing for the future. Um, I genuinely think they may have taken a pretty big loss, maybe at 500. Um, Obviously, numbers aren't out, but um, I don't know. It just makes me think twice. If I'm going to be paying 650 for a pro version of the PS5, I might just opt out and keep my PS5 and go buy a graphics card and a couple extra parts and call it a
1: fucking day. And that's where, like, I I see this price hike potentially signaling, like, this entire console generation being flipped on its head, at least from Sony's standpoint, because, you know, you'd think that once you hit that two, two and a half year mark, you start to hit those economies of scale with production and, you know, the parts um, that are going into the box, you know, back in 2019, 2020, they were at a premium, but they would start to come down in price but if that's not the case then you know what does that mean for the device and the hardware long term and it it's just it's going to be just crazy to see what where this actually all goes um cuz you know on the flip side of that doing that mid gen upgrade it could be like a great opportunity for Sony to to make some money back um by you know either stripping out the console somewhat and making a light version or coming out with something that is like a more pro version. Who knows if it actually is that much more enhanced on the, on the inside. But um, yeah, it's it's not good because things should be getting cheaper at this point, not more expensive.
0: Right. You know what? We don't often entertain this possibility. We often talk about the mid-gen upgrades being an upgraded console. Dave brought up a great point. I never thought about Sony trying for the budget, in quotes, market, Mm -hmm. like the S market, but I feel like that's had a lot of growth. I feel like that's probably been pretty good for Xbox, at least from what I've seen. Right. The entire S as a concept. Um, So if the base version is going up, maybe they're sliding in on themselves and they're going to increase the price of the base. and push you out with a lower model that's and, i never even think about that day, but that's honestly a really good point point.
1: and i mean we we've we've seen how successful the series s has been doing in markets where we didn't expect it to do well like you know in japan and in yeah. different parts of asia so we know that that's old hardware and they're selling it for 400 a pop so if 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 there's you know 150 dollars 200 worth of cost in that box and sony's seeing that and they've done that pro version all the last generations this might be an opportunity for them to yeah, go in that other direction, because it seems they might need it at this point. And I think people would invest in it. Like, I'm sitting here beside a digital. Is there is there a smaller version of that that could come out and and people could see value in? Because clearly it worked for Xbox, so why not?
0: Well, also, that paired with their huge streaming slash premium catalog, like, I don't know. I'm not saying it's a, it is the same as Game Pass on an S would be. It's not. But having premium for a couple months now, I think it's been... There's a lot of good stuff on there, and that could be a good sweet spot for a lot of people, especially around the holiday time. So, I don't know. I'm not saying they're going to announce it in the next couple months or even the next year, but that's definitely a good a good uh, note to think about. Yeah, I don't think there's been, not to say that we would have definitely heard them, but a lot of times you hear about hardware rumors and stuff. Right. I haven't heard any rumors of that happening. Like patents and shit. Yeah, but it's certainly a possibility, and you're right, Brandon, with if you could if you have an all digital service that's a subscription service and you could include a lot of that stuff i mean i honestly i'd probably bite on that because i want my main console the the most powerful console to be where my most powerful screen is right but if you told me i could take a $300 version or something like that of my ps5 exclusives digitally to my office right then i probably would yeah you know that and and that's like I want my, all my PC, like I, anything I want to play on Xbox that's exclusive, I pretty much play on my PC because I can, because it's the most powerful thing. But for Game Pass stuff, I love having a little Series S just to sit and, in my recliner and yeah. play whatever I want. So yeah. it's certainly a possibility. Uh, I don't know that it's a good strategy to increase a price so you can introduce a cheaper product, but you know, if you pair everything else with it, then it certainly makes a little more sense, I guess. But yeah, so I'll, I'll reiterate what I said. I think it's a shitty move and it's a bad PR move. It's a it's a bad look. But if that preserves their financial stability, then that's the most important thing for the shareholders, which is what <laughs> right. they're legally beholden to. So right, right. I understand it at the very least. Yeah. Uh, so interesting times for sure. Yeah, it's definitely been a while since we've seen a mid-gen price increase. But uh, I don't think it's totally unprecedented, but... Yeah, Yeah. I would hesitate to think that they would, like, I think the PS4 Pro was the same price as the PS4 was when it was new.
1: Hmm.
0: But it wasn't an increase. So, like, you would think that would be the case, but it's really hard to think about if you just increase the price of a PS4 or a PS5 to introduce a new one at the same launch price as the PS5, the regular PS5. Uh, And we haven't seen, I think, you know, probably around the two-year mark is a lot of times when we see the first like price decrease, per- first pr- permanent price decrease. Right. And uh, I don't anticipate that happening in not, uh, November. N- not, a, not at this point. <laughs> no, 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 not if they just raise it. So,
1: just before I get corrected by um, by uh, our, our lovely members in Discord, I said Xbox Series S was four hundred dollars. I was speaking in Canadian terms, and yes, it's three seventy nine before tax. So, three seventy nine.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think. I think here, I mean, I know it was 300 I want to say mine was slightly cheaper than that because um, one of our, again, lovely Discord members was able to find it for me. <laughs> nice. Um, but 300 bucks was still yeah. a steal in my opinion. No. I don't expect it to be the most beefy hardware for $300. Right. You know. And like I said earlier, I know this is kind of old, but I am I feel like this is actually kind of crazy that this is happening. So I'm glad we spent some some, some time on it. Yeah, it's kind of old, but there's kind of nothing to talk about. True. So I True. don't really mind talking about it. And I think it's like... It is kind of a big deal. It's kind mm-hmm. of a big deal. But like, I don't know. People tune into the show because of how good looking we are. They Absolutely. don't really care what we're talking about. So it works. They just know by the voices. Yeah, I mean that and <laughs> the stalkers and everything too. <laughs> Okay, so let's stick on Sony for a minute. Sony has acquired Savage Game Studios and announced new PlayStation Studios mobile division. This comes from TechCrunch, and it says, Sony is acquiring mobile game developer Savage Game Studios. The company announced on Monday. The financial terms of the deal were not disclosed. Savage Game is joining a newly created PlayStation Studios mobile division, which will focus on creating games based on new and existing PlayStation IP. Sony says the new studio, which will operate independently from console game development, aims to reach new audiences and give gamers more ways to engage with its content. Savage Game Studios is already working on a new, unannounced AAA mobile live service action game. Sony says it's a new, unannounced, AAA mobile live service action game. And they say it's too early to reveal more about this upcoming game. Quote, this acquisition reaffirms Sony's interactive entertainment commitment to delivering innovative experiences to new players around the world by expanding to additional platforms which by the way I had no idea they had a commitment to that other than putting their games on PC but sure Uh, PlayStation Studios must continue to expand and diversify our offering beyond console bringing incredible new games to more people than ever before acquiring the talented team at Savage Game Studio is another strategic step towards that goal here's where I think things are interesting Savage Game Studios was founded in 2020 so it's only you know, Jesus. two years or less old, uh, Develop uh, some developers. The trio has had uh, years of experience working at numerous game developers, including Insomniac, Zynga, and Rovio. The studio doesn't appear to have produced any games yet. Wow. So we don't know how much they paid, but the studio hasn't produced any games yet, and that's, Sony just acquired them. I feel like that's abnormal for Sony. That's very no, abnormal do, for Sony. Can I remind you of
1: Haven Studios?
0: Okay, that's a good point. Well, true. But typically yeah for sony's typical behavior they want to have a working relationship for a long time Un, and yeah and even then even then they still don't buy until about the last two years that is 100 percent correct yeah yeah that's 100 percent correct yeah really fascinating so dave mobile games sony doing mobile games what are you expecting are you ready to play them is this a reason why they came out with the backbone that was branded as sony
1: Um, I, I, it's not a surprise for anybody who's listening to the show. I, I'm not a mobile gamer. Uh, I never have been. Um, however, I would love to see like some really cool, like Sony owns a lot of really cool IP. And I think there's a lot they could do with those existing licenses on mobile. And if they're investing a good chunk of money to capture some of that call of duty mobile market and all the other stuff that Xbox now has, Um, I think that'd be great. Like you know, a Killzone mobile. There's a great way to bring Killzone back because I I doubt we're gonna get you know a proper console release of that. Or like, I don't know. There's we we've seen Horizon is gonna go in VR now, so you know we could do something mobile there. So I'd love to see them doing something cool and impactful with like that those existing AAA titles. Um, But I'm with you. Like this is weird and it's I started reading the press release from Sony and it, it's like it's the Haven thing all over again. Like, here's a brand new company that we acquired. Here's a little like card with like our name and their name on it. And it's like, why wouldn't you just wait until you have something to show? Like from this uh you know, brand new studio who apparently has seasoned developers who've been working on this game predictably for the last two years. Like, I, I don't understand why you know, they thought this would be impactful because why not just give us like a short video or something, just wait until something like that exists um, because this, I don't know, this just loses a lot for me, but... Um, well, David, I, guess I think just, it's just because they know we don't care.
0: Yeah, I, I... Sony knows their base well enough to know that their base cares about their console exclusives, uh, third-person, story-driven, dramatic, maybe some action, but the three of us and millions of other people who also have playstations don't care about mobile games. No. So I agree. It's stupid that they announced it this early, but they're speaking here to a very specific audience and that's shareholders and talent that they're trying to recruit in my opinion. So it's dumb, but at least I kind of get it. Well, well, but also that it's always best to be first to market no matter what, You want to drive the narrative. Not that this is a bad move, but they're buying an unexperienced studio, you know, and we know how big and bloated the games media is, and any single acquisition that's been made small or big for the past year and a half has been thrown all over the internet with articles. So, I don't know. I feel like you're right, Ben. People don't really care about this, and I don't know that they would just let it fly under the radar because at this point people are going to know about it. So they might as well have their own, their own narrative. Yeah. And it's, you've got to imagine they, they see Microsoft acquiring ABK. And with that comes the K, the King. Right. We talked a few weeks ago about the absolute insane amount of money that King makes and that Microsoft's going to have. And think about getting a piece of that pie, getting a piece of that mobile market that, you know, is out there. And obviously we knew that the mobile market was huge but we didn't really know how huge, right? Um, until and, some of these numbers. And speaking on the acquisitions, I mean, all of these companies are diversifying. You know, like yeah. we think of ninety percent of the time. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. King is a huge portion of that for Microsoft. I guarantee it. Right. Might even be most of it, to be honest sure. with you, at this yeah. point. Um, like it's nice to have Call of Duty, but how about money? Right. Exactly. On top of money because that's what makes stuff run. Right. <laughs> but. We've seen this huge push from both of these giants to to diversify. I mean, obviously we have the Activision Blizzard deal, but I mean, like Sony buying up Evo, taking a big interest in the fighting game. You know, we have them doing the mobile stuff. We have them working on live service games because they bought Bungie, Mm -hmm. you know, so... I think TV this stuff is stuff too. TV. Well, stuff? the TV stuff, they're going crazy. We actually didn't talk about that a couple weeks ago, but they have about a fucking bucket list yeah. of movies and Netflix shows and fucking Hulu, whatever the fuck shows. Um, so I really do think this is them. This is the new business model for games is to spread your net thin and wide. I yeah. think. Um, and not to say necessarily that that makes it diluted, but these companies have enough capital to spread themselves thin. Right. Period. They just do. The amount of money that's been dumped into the video game business in the past 20 years alone, unfathomable. So now instead of just putting all their eggs in one basket that has worked for a long time, you know, you know, our God of Wars, our last of us, um, they're trying to make sure they can keep the volume, right. uh, I think, and, you know, sustain the capital. So this makes sense. Um, especially with how they've been doing, you know, between the, the fighting and the live service. I think this is just them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just making themselves more diverse. Yeah. They've expanded into, like you said, they've, they've bought up um, the service that uh, allows you to organize tournaments. Yeah. They bought up Evo, which is, you know, fighting game centric. Obviously, one of the biggest. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. one of the, <laughs> Yeah, they've uh, moved it. They bought Nexus to do PC ports, which is going to be a gigantic piece of revenue, I'm sure. Uh, now they're investing in mobile. Uh, they're talking about turning their IP into movies more. I mean, it's not a bad point of view from a strictly business perspective. I think the thing is, we just kind of it, it's good to have a is it vertical or horizontal? Uh, a horizontal approach to gaming. Yeah. You know, they're expanding instead of just like building on top of the same thing they already have. Right. But here's what I want to know. Is the push for a mobile game developer, are they, I know they're talking about a game, but is there any desire here to turn their newly crafted subscription service into a cloud gaming service as well? Because... Xbox uh, cloud gaming or whatever is gigantic. And I know the three of us don't really enjoy cloud gaming, but there are millions of people who do and a lot of money. And those people are paying for the same Game Pass Ultimate we're paying for as console gamers or PC gamers. They're paying for it to get their games on the cloud and to be able to play them streaming on their phones. And that's a huge market that they're not getting any piece of. So I wonder if creating a mobile games division has anything to do with wanting to move into that you know we talked earlier about maybe they bring out a a lower end console to to utilize their subscription service well why not go ahead and everyone has put console literally yeah, in, yeah. The, in the palm of your hand
1: yeah stream yeah maybe so. maybe that's a pathway to to get mobile gamers who aren't in the sony ecosystem right now playing sony mobile games and then they're mobile streaming and then they're on console and then you know they've just kind of maybe that's that gateway and that pathway to kind sure. of capture some of that mobile right. to market because we know there's millions of, of mobile gamers who don't touch console gaming or PC gaming or anything like that yeah. so maybe that's another avenue for them to sort of organically grow their own customers
0: it's interesting because I don't know six months to a year ago back there was talk of the studio making a wipeout mobile game and wipeouts a you know Sony IP would love that they did make it it's out just not in the U S No shit, and uh, at least I can't find it on the, on the app store. I <laughs> think it's out in other, other regions, but Sony put, I, I think they literally just sold someone. the right, like the IP to be able to make that game to wipe out. And I don't know if they sold the whole IP to, what, to it. They just like licensed Lended it, out, it to out. Yeah. And Sony, I think maybe put it in a blog post one time. They didn't promote it at all. They haven't talked about it at all. They haven't let the developers do interviews. Like, It's kind of wild how they seem to be focusing now, like not focusing, but a focus is mobile. But the couple of mobile ventures they have, they've almost not put any care into There was the Uncharted mobile game. Um, There's been a couple other like Sackboy, Sackboy mobile game. Yeah, maybe two of them now. And I haven't seen Sony give a shit about that, but... Dude, Blood, I don't know. Bloodborne remastered mobile only. Oh my god. <laughs> could you that Streaming would mobile. 15 that would be, frames a second. That would be the biggest troll of all time. Yeah. Um I could see it. I really could. Um would you even have to remaster it for mobile? <laughs> uh, at those frame rates, you might just have to, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting stuff for yeah, sure. Definitely. I'm a uh, like like we said, well, I'm not we're not real big mobile gamers, but no. I definitely know there's money in it. I mean, we talked about that, like, you know, the money with just Bejeweled alone is astronomical. And that's that's like an outlier to most games, but still. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Real quick, I wanted to go over the games with gold for September. Now, this game, this uh, should have been put out the pasture a long time ago. And uh, if you weren't convinced, then uh, I'll go ahead and tell you what's going to be on there. There's uh, Gods Will Fall, Double Kick Heroes, Thrillville and Portal 2 now Double Kick Heroes is a relatively new game a couple years old now it's a rhythm game I played it for a few hours uh, after they gave it to us for seeing them at PAX and uh was a lot of fun but I can't imagine why anyone who hasn't played it yet wants to um just being truthful but the real thought to me is there's an original Xbox game on here Thrillville uh, which I don't know anything about that game. It could be an awesome game, but it's original Xbox, so that's just funny to me. And Portal 2, you know, the newest hit game, Portal 2, <laughs> which, right, don't get me wrong, Thank is God. an amazing game, a game you could infinitely re- replay, Dude, and it's so fun. Let me just tell you, why don't I just take my copy of Portal 2 that I physically bought and put it in my Xbox Series X and play it? Oh, wait, I can't. But now, if you have, uh, if you have gold oh you can thank god yeah only uh (laughs) only 10 bucks a month or whatever just let me pop in my desk i don't care any other time i just want to play portal 2 yeah portal 2 is great but it's also like an ancient game at this point that i don't know why anyone finds value in the service i don't know anyone who has i'm sure there are people who has gold without also having game pass ultimate people who never even upgraded yeah probably there's got to be people out there oh most definitely but dude, yeah. also don't shade portal Two, dude. I know it's no, all I'm not. Shading. It's really good. That alone is almost worth your year of of uh, games with go- right. of, of game, whatever it's called Xbox Live Gold. But for that price, you could just buy it. Right. So Seriously. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I popped in the original portal the other day on PC. And it's funny because the loading screens like, you know, when it loads in between the elevators and stuff. It's like loading, and as soon as you finish reading the word "loading," which doesn't take that long to read, it's already loaded. And I remember, <laughs> on like in, back in the day, that was like maybe a twenty-second. Yeah, screen. you were literally just the screen was frozen with the words "loading" on them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, we also have a couple other little things. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Brandon, you brought this to my attention. Uh, God of War Ragnarok combat details came out today via. Game Informer, and this comes from uh, Shinobi's Twitter account. He just compiled a few things here. That the team stressed the importance of more enemy variety. There will be uh, infusions of ice and fire with the Leviathan Leviathan Axe and the Blades of Chaos. There will be multiple types of shields. Some will be good for parrying, heavy ones for tank style and absorbing attacks, etc. Boys, are we ready for God of War Ragnarok? Yes. Yes, very much so. Um, I recently played all of the God of Wars again, and I am ready. Um, It's only been a year since I played 2018 and platinumed it. Fan-fucking-tastic. The only thing I worry about is, did you guys play Doom and Doom, Doom Eternal? Yes. Okay. So I loved Doom 2016 because it was simple, and it was visceral, and I could do whatever I wanted. There wasn't many rules, and there wasn't many ways that I needed to play the game specifically. It was kind of open. Doom Eternal, you have to play that game a very specific way. You have to constantly be switching through weapons that have ammo. You have to constantly be chainsawing and managing materials. And it's cool and it's great when it works. But I loved the just classic Doom experience of if I find a gun, I pick it up. I like it. That's what I use. That's what I shoot with. Right. Right. Eternal was not like that. I don't want to take away from it because by the end, I really came around to the whole game. But the only thing I'm worried about, I'm going to bring it back to God of War is that the variety that they're going to be adding will take away from the experience, maybe not entirely, but I worry that when I first get into this, if they change the formula too much, they force too much variety, sometimes it's nice to have the choice of how to play. And from Dooms 2016 to Eternal, I felt like at points I had to play it a certain way to get through it. So I don't want that to happen with Ragnarok. That's my only concern with hearing the news you just gave me it's funny you say that because I went back and was playing God of War 2018 recently and I was playing a new game plus and I remember seeing things in there and I was like, wait, you can do that. I didn't do that when I played this before, I don't have any recollection of that system even existing. And that was just the original, you know, or the the reboot, I guess. Sure. Um, So I found that funny that I was like finding new systems (laughs) in a game that I had already played multiple years ago. And, didn't even use those systems, but they were there. So I'm sure adding more will be, I'm a very simple gamer. Kind of like you're saying about doom. Like I find what I like and I use it and I just spam the hell out of it. Right. No, exactly. Dave God of war Ragnarok release
1: day one pickup. No, I'm not ready. They should delay it. All right. Oh my God. I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. Day one. Um, unless I, unless I've been spitten by skull and bones, which is a possibility, but But Brandon, I I really, really liked the analogy you just brought up with with Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal. And let's not forget the uh, unneeded platforming in doom eternal that nobody asked for oh, yeah. right um but it's i kind of have the different reaction or the dave, opposite you reaction. real
0: trouble with that platforming if i recall
1: and pa- yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> phil just stopped playing it all together he yeah. I, I don't i think phil got to the platforming a man that i'm positive has played many hours of mario and just refused to even try <laughs> at least from the last time i talked to him maybe maybe he came around but go ahead dave. Oh, sorry dave
1: but i i kind of have the opposite reaction that you do to hearing that because what i'm hearing from that game informer article is they're not doing enough to fuck it up but they're just trying to enhance and feel Mm. it like an upgrade but it, it doesn't appear to me that they're trying to do too much um i've seen the screenshots i've read the article um, and it sounds like it's just enough, like, we just want more God of War Ragnarok. Um, maybe once they get past the third game, we'll, you know, it'll start to get old and, you know, we'll need some fresh ideas. But we're not not at that point yet. And we just need to see more of this reinvented God of War that everybody loves and based on what i'm hearing i think that's what we're gonna get i think that's what we're gonna get so i love the analogy but this this sounds okay to me i'm good with this i'd love i thought that you know the depth in combat you you know it was great we could use a little bit more and it sounds like what we're getting If you see the screenshots it sounds like we're getting nicely varied environments and new enemy types and all that kind of stuff which is perfect that's just what we need um but yeah i'm 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 feeling good i'm feeling good the screenshots look
0: dope yeah Yeah. Uh, They look really cool. The Game Informer cover looks really awesome. Obviously, completely made up to be showy, but um, very cool aesthetic. Yeah, for sure. Um, Brandon, you also brought this to my attention. We talked last week about some of the stuff from Gamescom, but uh, Atomic Heart was not at Gamescom, or at least wasn't at Opening Night Live. And I think part of that probably has to do with the fact that it's a Russian studio making it. Now, we don't know if they're... Russian as in Putin sympathizers or just Russians because that's where they were born. But either way, it doesn't appear to be represented in their game. So we're not opposed to talking about and playing the game. But Atomic Heart looks awesome. Holy shit, man. I didn't know much about this game. I feel like I saw some sort of video teaser a while back, but they put a really awesome gameplay trailer up. And specifically, I think they call it a combat trailer. Yeah, Yeah. combat trailer. And And it really was that. I wish more game studios would make trailers like this. Ones that are actually interesting for people. We don't need to know everything about your story right away. And I get this was a combat specific. Like I get it. It's named combat. But Action Packed gave you a variety of enemies. Gave you a variety of things to look at. Please watch this Atomic Car trailer because it actually looks really awesome. Getting a lot of Bioshock feels. Mm-hmm. Um, getting some melee combat, which obviously you have the wrench in Bioshock and the right. fucking hook for your arm i get it but but like actual melee combat so um very very unique looking game yeah. um i would i would definitely check it out and beautiful 4k um and it is it does look to be in game um i don't think anything that we saw in that trailer was out of game at least it didn't seem that way so, yeah it looked like it was all in the engine which um, maybe the one like the cutscene that they kept going back and forth between oh, them, like the two robot little right, things. Yeah. Right, right. That but might have been pre rendered. I don't know. You can definitely tell, though, when, especially like when the action's popping off. Very, yeah. very Bioshock esque. I mean, obviously, we're seeing a lot of these power type shooter games come up, um, but really, really was giving me Bioshock feels. And I'm always, always about that. So um, I didn't know if you had any thoughts about it, Dave. You had just fres- freshly seen it as well, but.
1: Yeah, I've been thinking about this game for years because it was announced uh, quite a long time ago and it kind of went MIA for a little while, but it was never canceled. And you know, we get little updates here and there. So um, yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about it before we came on the show here and this is how you do a trailer. Like if if you haven't seen this Atomic Heart trailer, go and watch it. It's over three minutes long. It's about 80% gameplay and you can tell it's real gameplay. But uh, man, oh man, and you know these these comparisons to to Bioshock um, are warranted for a couple of reasons. One, it's it's you know it's first person, and you kind of mix between like weird kind of magical like ranged abilities, melee stuff, and then guns, just like you did in Bioshock. But right. the other reason I'm getting Bioshock vibes is because when we first saw Bioshock, we thought this is full of creativity this is insanely different someone's done a shit ton of lsd and made this game and that's why this <laughs> it reminds me of bioshock it because it it's does. more it's more of that it's it's and i'm not it's not underwater there aren't big daddy ripoffs it's none of that it's just like there is so much creativity just breaming at the se- uh, seams um from this game and yeah it looks really really cool we need more of this stuff we really really do but dude yeah, in it's, game pass it's coming to game pass day one
0: yeah that's a that's awesome i was gonna buy it i mean <laughs> i was i saw that trailer and i was like yeah. i'm in because usually what i do is i see one trailer if i'm in i don't watch anything else and i just buy it and play yeah it. yeah absolutely. if i if i'm not in i might watch more trailers and decide if i want to play it or not this one i was like i'm in and then the trailer ended and it said game pass and i was like i'm <laughs> they just lost a sale <laughs> yeah. really buy it. <laughs> right but that's okay yeah i was just say it's it's a beautiful thing it yeah. really is um. Yeah, so I'm pr- I'm pretty pumped about it. When is it coming out? Is there I, a release date? I there is no date. No. Okay. No. No. Yeah. I don't think there's a date yet. But honestly, with that much gameplay, that usually means good things. I'd expect maybe next year. Yeah. Maybe. That would be nice. Boys, have I forgotten anything? Did I miss anything we wanted to talk about before we move on to what we've been playing? I don't think, man. Okay, sounds pretty good. Dave, what have you been playing?
1: i have uh, unfortunately had a pretty busy week so i have not been playing much but i am uh just at the very tail end of uh devil may cry one nice um which i'm i'm looking forward to finishing up not because i'm i'm not having a great time with it because i'm i'm looking forward to moving through the series there's a lot this isn't like dark side where where there was four games there's like six or seven games I got to get through but um yeah it's it's I've the further I've gotten into it and the more I've gotten into its combat and like actually having an interest in what like my scores are Mm -hmm. um in each encounter and and I've gotten better at like understanding the combos and stuff like that the more I've enjoyed it so it's it's one of those games where like the more you invest into its skill system the the more enjoyment you get out of it it's not like a mindless hack and slash um but you know it's just it's something that kind of rewards you for trying a little bit harder and i can't remember if i said this last week but like i have been really surprised at the variety in dante's arsenal because i always knew of dante as you know he's got a big sword and he's got the two guns ebony and ivory but like I've been really surprised at how many different like range weapons you get and how many different swords you get all with like different abilities. And like, there's even like these gauntlets that, so you could just like punch the shit out of people or it's a lot slower, but like you do so much more damage. Um, So I've really been impressed with the variety um, that's been in this game. So that's been, that's been a nice, a nice surprise. Something else I said last week um, was, how the game doesn't really hold your hand the way that games do these days. I think I talked about, you know, I picked up a new weapon and there was like new combos and abilities and stuff, but it didn't actually tell you that you had these new abilities. You had to go into a menu, but then I sort of clued into something. Um, Since I'm trying to get into this series, I've been doing, you know, research, watching videos. I found this YouTuber who I have to shout out, uh, the Sphere Hunter. Sphere Hunter, pardon me. She does like a lot of, Deep dive and like retrospective videos on the entire Devil May Cry series. Uh, I think she does like Silent Hill and Resident Evil, really, really good videos. But she was doing a video on like Devil May Cry 2, and she mentioned something about the instruction manual. And that's when I had to remind myself that I'm playing a game from 2001 where there were no digital game releases, everything came in a box. And back in those days, the paper manual that came with the box actually had like several pages of like really good information and i can recall like actually really enjoying reading them because there was so much cool stuff in there sometimes they've had cool like cool art and stuff like that so it turns out a lot of like the the um tutorial and stuff from from this game and probably the rest of the series was all within the manual which obviously i don't have right now so uh, I just wanted to mention that because it was a, a a little thing that kind of went off in my head. So, so yeah, I should be done uh, in, a, in a day or two, and hopefully this time next week I'm talking about uh, DMC2.
0: Nice. I wonder if you could find a PDF on Reddit.
1: Of Probably. The oh, I'm sure you could. I'm sure. You yeah. Could.
0: Yeah, there's some pretty good um, – I don't know of any of them off the top of my head, but stuff like similar to like Internet Archive with uh, game preservation stuff hmm. where they just like upload – all that kind of stuff, box art, game mm-hmm. manuals, everything, just so it's preserved.
1: Yeah, yeah, you got to. Mm-hmm. It did kind of lead me down a a bit of a rabbit hole, and I do have to to give you two a bit of credit for this, as well as Dustin, with you know all the game collecting videos you guys have been doing and going out to shows and stuff like that. Just to be I very s-
0: clear, those are Dustin's videos. We just happen to go to shows with them. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair enough. just want like, to make
1: that clear. You're buying stuff too with them, but yeah. <laughs> I, I used to love, and I didn't buy many of them, but, um, I used to love, uh, having strategy guides Yeah, and, yeah. um, I would just, I'm not going to lie. I usually put them in my bathroom and when I was sitting on the toilet, RM, I would dude. sit there and I would leaf through, like, it's the best reading material in a bathroom. Honestly, I know we we've all got phones now, but this is pre smartphones and, um, I kept thinking about, like, how, how much I enjoyed just going through them when on the toilet and when not on the toilet. And I was thinking, I wonder if I should start buying some old strategy guys that I really liked. And maybe, like, I'll start collecting them. I, I don't know. Yeah. So I went through eBay and Amazon and stuff and just kind of saw what was out there. So I, I think I might start start buying a couple of these things because they're, they're really, really cool. I don't know that they make them to the same level of quality now that they used to. They don't. But they don't. It depends, like, though. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, had some from like grand theft auto i think i had the vice city one i had a bunch for assassin's creed and yeah the the witcher has one Skyrim has one yeah the ones those ones are
0: really cool and those are also 10 years old now but yeah but the the ones that um the ones that are out are still high quality but it's just that they make them for fewer games now right true that's the thing dave it's funny because you mentioned collecting and you mentioned strategy guides you know as as you know i'm uh trying to collect a bunch of duke nukem stuff so i have like you know, save searches set up on different places that alert me if something new pops up. And I saw a strategy guide pop up for a Duke Nukem game that um, was way, way, way underpriced. So I immediately grabbed it. And I wasn't even that interested in it and in, in actually collecting the strategy guides, but I was like, hey, I might as well have this. It's cheap and it goes with the collection I'm trying to build. And uh, I got it and and I've, you know, I've looked through it a little bit. So it's cool to see. Um, it, it's just cool to see also it's funny that like every fourth page the back of the page is just the logo and i'm like does this separate like a chapter from the game or a level (laughs) no it's just that they needed to fill space in the book but the the thing about it is now all i can think about is uh did the person who owned this before me exclusively read it on the toilet (laughs) i'm not sure
1: how i feel about it well it's not like they're peeing on it and stuff i mean i'm yeah yeah i, I, no. I think you're okay i mean <laughs> really, it's really a test of how much do you want the strategy guide right I, i'm not gonna like it was a great price i'm not gonna stop
0: owning it or like <laughs> touching it at this point i'm not gonna try to disinfect it but i am thinking about like all the poop particles in the air like even if their hands weren't dirty right because you know you can you, you, can you run that bathroom. risk
1: with you run that risk with anything though just ask the seller before you buy are any of the pages stuck together
0: yeah yeah that, yeah. that's how you know yeah see that's more of a tell a tell than like just knowing there's anyway Braden. what have you been playing uh, i've been playing a couple things um still playing final fantasy 7 um i just got done blowing up my second uh mako uh reactor uh-huh. uh so that was really good this game i talked about it last week um a bit but this game's really fun um Very over-the-top anime-esque at points, which isn't my style typically. Some of the times I just kind of roll my eyes at the game, but it is really cool. And the characters are written well. And I actually find myself starting to care a little bit about the characters, which is really cool. And the combat is fantastic. I want more games to be like this. This is a weird in-between of turn-based and not. um, It's kind of like... I don't know how to describe it. I've never played. I've never had combat exactly like this ever in a game I've ever played. Um, and I would like to see more things like this. Right. Um, to be honest with you, I feel like it's pretty unique, um, but that's been great. I'm still going to be playing that some more. I finished the artful escape, uh, another wonderfully Annapurna game um, that I picked up on premium. Um, this game was gorgeous. The art style from start to finish was breathtaking. Um, there's something that can be achieved in incredibly linear games. I'm talking about so linear that you can move left or right. That's what this game is. You know, like like there's not much variety. So every single moment, every single scene you see is not some sort of sandbox moment. It's it's just like tailored. And playing a game like this every once in a while is very, very cool. Yeah. Um, just to see exactly what was envisioned at every single moment um, is is neat. Um, I will say that is one of its strongest and weakest points at the same time. It was one of the easiest games I played in a very long time. Um, There was a a bit of button sequencing, like Rock Band-esque, and I really wish they would have utilized that further um, and made it more challenging. That's my biggest complaint with the game. Uh, Story was fine. Visuals, you know, top-notch, but uh, it's just too easy. Right. Far too easy. And I mean, I guess the story was the point. Right. But... um, Really cool, um, really really cool. So, uh, and last, what else was I playing? Oh, I picked up. Uh, I guess I didn't pick up. I started playing Saints Row the third. Oh, um, all of this controversy around the new Saints Row got me pondering on my experiences on the 360 with Saints Row, and I and I played Saints Row the third, um, which I didn't know this. And I don't know if you guys knew this, but in last year, it got a full remaster for PS5. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, full. Yeah. I, I had no idea. It runs beautifully at sixty frames a second. I'll talk shortly about the third. Saints Row the third is the peak of the series. If you disagree, you're wrong. <laughs> um, it's the perfect combination of wacky and just like almost. If you ever watched the movie The Room, it's kind of like that the whole time. It, <laughs> it's 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 so bad, but it doesn't take itself seriously. Um, and that really shines through. You could just do whatever you want, smack people with big long dildos, um, ride a literal broom like a witch across the city. Uh, I, I have a gun that shoots chum on people and then a <laughs> shark comes up from uh, hyperspace through the ground and bites them. I have like an octopus launcher that can like mind control people. Anyway, um, Saints Row the third's really good. And if you're looking to play a Saints Row game, do yourself a favor, pick up Saints Row the third. It is the best in the series. And I just want to segue real quickly into the new game because I've seen a little bit about it. Please don't pick up this actual piece of steaming trash. Yeah. Um, it does everything the others game do, the other games do, but like 10 years later. So there's next to no innovation. Uh, they actually take a huge step back. And that's really why I'm bringing this up, is that if you want to play a Saints Row game and you're interested even passingly, play the third, save yourself some hassle. Don't even worry about the new one. Um, it's I don't know if you guys have seen anything about it. I've been watching Charlie Moist Critical play it. Uh, he recently had a moist meter on it that I just watched earlier. <laughs> um, I don't know what that means? But
1: it's funny. Rather than playing it, I I will suggest to you guys and anybody else listening. Rather than playing it, if you watch Skillup's review on it, um, some of the visual glitches he shows in his review are absolutely abhorrent. But there was one that he had in a cutscene in the final moments of like the final encounter oh, that was supposed to be so badass yeah and just like what what happens is absolutely outrageously funny yeah. So rather than buy the game, just go watch that review. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And what's bad about Saints Row is they tried to have their cake and eat it too. Um, they wanted it to still be a ridiculous Grand Theft Auto clone, um, but they wanted to take out everything that made the game what it was. Um, it almost feels like Bollywood or something outrageous at this point. Hmm. Um, so it just... It it takes itself too seriously for the type of game it is. Yeah. Um, and there's next to no innovation... Um, of any sort on any front of the new series. So if the new one, in, like I said, if the new one intrigues you at all, definitely pick up the third because yeah. that that is the crown. I'm probably going to keep it on my, um, on my console for a little bit. It's not good. I'm going to be honest with you. I wanted to go back just to think if I ever thought they were good or if I was just a, a very young person playing video games at that point that like to blow shit up. Sure. Um, they've always been pretty bad but the difference between the new one and this one is like i said it doesn't take itself seriously right when you are this bad and you know just for fun for the fun of having fun is great but whenever you're trying to be serious and act like your game is GTA and right. you have shitty writing and not to even mention what they've mentioned the heinous amount of bugs yeah um it's just an all around um awful awful package so a little bit long-winded but i but i definitely had a little bit of a Saints reawakening so I, I I wanted to share with everybody nice so. yeah the, I'm not gonna elaborate too much but some of the some of the reviews on the new Saints were just oh my god people giving them good scores N- well there were a couple yeah, but insane. no just seeing the like almost unanimous Bad. this game is yeah. shit yeah yeah haven't got a uh, a huge big sticker like that in a little bit yeah so. I've got a couple things here I've been playing uh <sighs> Destiny 2. Fuck you, dude. Okay, so I haven't actually been playing Destiny 2 proper. Like I I they did the uh the release last week and said that all of their expansions were going to be free to play. The freebies. So, I decided I've been wanting to play Witch Queen and just didn't want to spend the money on it, even when it went on sale, I didn't want to spend money on it. So I hopped in and I pounded it out all in one day. Played the Witch Queen on a, a Saturday when um the wife and kids were occupied otherwise and uh Man, people weren't exaggerating. It's a really good story, really good campaign, and a lot of fun. And for a video game, and specifically for Destiny, it was a phenomenal story, and that was what I was there for. I love the game of the gunplay. I love Destiny in general, but the story was solid. As soon as I was done with it, uh, I pretty promptly uninstalled it, so I wouldn't be tempted to get pulled back in. For the 9,000th time. Although the new season does have me a little bit tempted because everybody's talking about how great it is, but I I don't want to get stuck back into Destiny. I don't. But anyway, The Witch Queen was great, and uh, I'm happy I waited to play it for free. Not because I don't think it was worth it, just because I've just got to stop that cycle with Destiny that I've been on for so many years of playing it for a little bit, dropping it for months, picking it back up and being hard. Yeah, just too much. So I think I have almost a 1,000 hours in Destiny 2 alone. Yeah. And it's a lot. Well, well, it's not set up for you to play like that. That's why. What? What well, is isn't Destiny. Oh, yeah. No, you have to play it's Destiny not. all yeah. the time. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah. So. Exactly. The second thing is uh, Minecraft. We've mm-hmm. played a lot of Minecraft. Yes, yeah, sir. And instead of just saying, oh, I'm playing Minecraft, because, you know, it's a, it's a 13-year-old game. I've decided that I want to just talk about, anytime I'm playing Minecraft, I want to talk about something new I've done that week. And this week, the thing I've been on a kick on is automation. And in all of my hours over the decade of playing Minecraft, I have not really done a lot with automation. And I started briefly talking about it last week on the show. But so this week I did two things. I created a giant farm, uh, not a farm like you think, a a farm where I uh, imprisoned a bunch of villagers and gave them all jobs and forced iron golems to spawn above them and then for the golems to run into lava and then the lava or the, the lava to force the golem to die and spit out iron into a chest that i can then go and collect and we have basically an infinite supply of iron so that was fun yeah super helpful Great. i just pass iron up now in our yeah, server we I literally know. don't even need it. it 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 feels so ridiculous we have to- like Any other time I've played the game, but we have thousands of pieces of iron at this, like not thousands, like tens of thousands. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, And then the the next thing I've done with automation this week is I created a kelp farm, which automatically converts, automatically grows, harvest and uh, composts the kelp into bone meal which we use bone meal a lot for different things, for growing things or whatever. So that's a fun automation thing I figured out. There's still a few kinks with it. And there's even like a a weird thing that if you place it going from north to south, it works differently than if you place it going from from east to west, which is like, I don't know if that was an intended thing, but the game just has like it for being, when it began, a one-man studio who created this thing. It's like, it's grown a lot since then, but even thinking about some of the things that were included back in the alpha days, I'm like... This game has a level of complexity that just is constantly discovering new things. The redstone has always been like insanely intuitive. um, If you really put the time into it. Yeah. So anyway, having a lot of fun with Minecraft. It's probably a game that even if I go long periods of time without playing it, I'll always come back to at least for a little bit here and there. So having a lot of fun. And then uh, today I started playing uh, Plague Tale Innocence. That's the first one, right? Mm, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Second one, yeah. Yeah, so Plague Tale Requiem is coming out later this year. It's coming out on Game Pass, so I knew I was going to play it. And I thought, well, people have been talking about how great uh, Innocence is, so I should play it. Picked it up, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I think I'm five chapters in. I think there's, I think I saw that there's like 12 chapters, but I could be wrong on that. And um, mostly stealthy, which I'm not typically a huge stealth gamer. I always like stealth games. I'm just bad at them because my instinct is to run up and punch somebody or shoot them. <laughs> Rather than just be stealthy. And right. in this game, you can't really do that. It's not that that combat is not in the game for you to do that.
1: You're just a rat lady. Your character is inherently weak.
0: That's correct. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's a cool story about the time of the the plague. And there's some pieces of history with Inquisition stuff in there. And, you know, you've got a, a tragic family tale as well. And you're in care of your little brother who is... Um, special in some way so you're caring for him and trying to get him uh to safety so i'm really enjoying it so far um probably i don't know the first five chapters probably took me four or five hours i think so it's um definitely about what i expected from all the hype uh but i'm anticipating that with the few little kinks in it the couple of things i don't like a whole lot i'm really anticipating that with uh with the money they made from that game and the support they've gotten that the new one is probably going to work out a lot of that stuff and be really awesome so i'm definitely gonna you know finish playing this one i did take a little break from like a dragon i've been playing that for a few weeks off and on and i just decided that there's a lot of hours of that game and i can come back to it when i want and hopefully i will but um for now i wanted to play this one because there was like a reason to play it more imminently so uh having a lot of fun with that is this guy in plague Tale? um that is, so brandon's just showed me i can see it. a picture of a, a dancing plague, um, doctor. plague doctor and uh yes actually he is yes he's in thank there. god mm-hmm. uh, thank god isn't it crazy that in the during the plague they thought that if you like put a mask on and put potpourri in the nose of the mask that you could prevent getting the plague because they thought that the smell was what caused it yeah i mean they also use lead and paint and shit too so you know they use what lead in paint oh yeah and and that was more recent and, yeah yeah it's just crazy to think about like what's gonna be uh i can't wait till we the the news that microwaves are like pure cancer machines get dropped i think they've already discussed that like, how, like for for centuries now well we'll yeah. see how it goes it's radiation i mean i still use one but i'm anticipating it's gonna kill me yeah, Well, you only have ones yeah and sometimes for not very long if you use the wrong things god damn anyway so that's what i've been playing Boys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you.
1: Absolutely. You too, Dave. Do we, do we need to talk about Patreon today? I don't know if you did. I, I assume you've been making all your money from your uh, creator code that everybody has been using.
0: Oh, yeah. The Fortnite uh, creator code. Well, I already talked about Patreon, but we'll talk about it again. But yeah, if you, guys are, if you guys are buying anything through the Epic Game Store, or you're buying or spending V-Bucks you already have in Fortnite, or you're playing Rocket League, Ben is handsome. My creator code. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Dave, for reminding me. I wasn't even going to wasn't even gonna drop that knowledge. Dude, that is that is brotherly love right there. I love to and see so it. And so far, I think I've made about $7. Damn. Can't be oh, yeah. Can't pretty. Be- you know, on a 5% payout, that's pretty good for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we do have a Patreon. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Ad free early access. You got to get this hot gossip before it drops to the masses. You know, just. Get in there, get get in the day early. Sometimes it's like, actually like uh, 30 hours early, so you never know. Discord, we actually, if you have to choose, you don't have to choose, by the way, but if you had to choose between Patreon and Discord, we would prefer you join our Discord and hang out with us and talk to us. Uh, The Patreon's nice. It helps us pay some bills, but realistically, we care more about having a cool community. So we'd love for you to come over to Discord and uh, join us there. For free. For free, yeah, for sure. And if you want to give us $500, you can, but God, you don't have to. Damn. Yeah. That escalated quickly. All right. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Bye. The HP podcast is made possible by our patrons over at patreoncom handsome phantom. The following patrons are at the $5 or above level, and we appreciate their support Wormhat, Toby Ryland, Charles Peterson, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Jared, Poot, Boots. Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Maurice Bays, HTrons, Brian, Nuke Dukem, and Derek O.